0: And all the time, give him one more hand clap. Of Praise the Lord. Well, uh, we were ministering this morning, and the Spirit of God was just uh, flowing in such a mighty way. And um, uh, I, uh, all of a sudden, I looked at the uh, the time and the clock, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to. Um, finish this word, and so I decided to um, to cut it off, and I said, well, we'll just finish it, uh, amen, this evening, because this is still Pentecost Sunday, hallelujah, amen, and um, I'm thankful um, uh, for Pentecost and what it means, amen, to us today, hallelujah. I'm so glad that I can say I have had a personal Pentecost. Hallelujah, and we all need a personal Pentecost, Amen. We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say, "Man, Hallelujah"? So, uh, by the grace of God, thank you. By the grace of God, we're going to uh, uh, pick up where we left off and, uh, and finish this um, this evening, and. Um, wanna welcome those that are viewing right now by means of the uh, the internet. We don't do live streaming on Sunday morning but we do on Sunday night and on Wednesday night. And so um and I'm I'm thankful. Um somebody mentioned uh, uh earlier about that, somebody listening. And um when I go somewhere else, um and I've been um and I and I visit somewhere else, um uh, maybe in a different city or somewhere, um, I've had um, I've had people come to me and tell me that they uh, watch our live stream. So uh, we're reaching out um, quite a bit, and uh, our church is blessed uh, uh, to have uh, Chris able. He's with us and able to do this and operate. I um, I wouldn't have a clue. Uh, on um, what to do or how to handle that myself. And um, he does a great uh, job. And um, he's up there, got it on right now. And let's just let everybody know how much we preach that prayer. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, I am going to go ahead and reread the scriptures that I read this morning because I want you to have them fresh in your mind. And also for those who... uh, who are watching by means of the Internet, and uh, we need to do a little um, backing up just a little bit so everybody knows where we're coming from. And we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, uh, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. And um, this is what the Scripture reads like. and to the ends of the earth. Then we're going to go to Acts chapter 19, read verses 1 and 2. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that's reading from Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. We will go a little bit farther in a few minutes. Fathers, we come today. We thank you and we praise you for this service again this evening. Thanking you, God, for how you blessed us this morning and the presence of God that we felt among us. And now, Lord, I'm asking God for your touch upon me. Help us to complete this message Stir our hearts and our lives, and everything to accomplish, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, let the church say, God bless you and be seated. Hallelujah. What I was preaching about this morning, and we're going to continue the second part of this tonight, is a title, You Don't Know What You've Been Missing, hallelujah! You don't know what you've been missing, and of course, as I told you this morning, I'm talking to people who have not yet, as yet, received the Spirit of God in their life—the baptism called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, <coughs> if you have never partaken of something, you don't know. If it's good or bad, Amen. And uh, you know, I, I gave you a little a little example um, this morning, and I, I told you about the first time that I um, I had really good gravy, and I I didn't realize what I had been missing. Hallelujah, Amen. And there are a lot of things like that we can think about. And um been many things in my life that I have thought about and that, that afterward I said, Man, I wish I'd find out about this a whole lot sooner. Hallelujah. And you know it's the same thing with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for being raised up in a church and in a home, amen, that believed in God. It was a it was a home of prayer. I can remember every night at a certain time when uh, 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 it was uh, time to go to bed that my dad would always stand up, and he would tell Mama, he says, turn off the TV because usually we all get around watching some kind of TV program. Nothing like it is today because I'm telling my age now, I can could, I could remember um, uh, that the last thing, that you've seen on the television was a bunch of straight up down colored lines, and all of a sudden it going blank because it went off. TV went completely off at midnight after they played the a national anthem and and um, showed that video of that flying jet quoting that uh, that poem. I have flown the, uh, the bars or whatever you know, reached out and kissed the face of God. Anybody here remember what I'm talking about? You ever? Uh, Um, I remember that, but long before that hour, Daddy would have us cut that off, and he said, it's time for prayer. And we always had a family prayer. The whole family would get around and um, uh, get on our knees and pray and end out the day in prayer. You can say what you want to. But that is one thing that's missing in homes across America. That's one thing that's contributing to all what's going on in schools and everywhere else today. Hallelujah. Because we're not teaching children what they should be taught. Hallelujah. Amen. We're just not doing it. Hallelujah. Amen. So I thank God for that heritage. I thank God for what, amen, I was brought up, amen, what I was taught. Hallelujah. Hallelujah amen and i I knew what worshipping God was about, amen, I knew what shouting was about in praising God uh, amen and and all that because uh, even though i was uh, um was not in the Pentecostal church uh um, yet amen we uh, we worship the Lord and we praise God uh, amen, and I enjoyed uh, amen that time amen in those days hallelujah, but once uh, I had uh, An experience with the power of God in my life, whether I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I begin to speak in that heavenly language. Hallelujah. Just between me and God talking. Hallelujah. I said, oh, Lord, I wish that I had experienced this. Amen. A long time ago. Hallelujah. Because you don't know what you have been missing until the Holy Ghost, amen, becomes real in your own life. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Glory. I told you this morning that there were two things I was going to share with you and what this was all about. And first of all, I want to let you know, and I don't believe I mentioned this this morning, I told you how there's a lot of missing information about Pentecost. And people just simply don't understand what it's all about, amen, but I want to make something vividly clear. I want to make something vividly clear. Pentecost is not a denomination. Hallelujah, like somebody might say, well, you know I go um you know, I'm I'm in the Methodist denomination, or Nazarene, or or Baptist, or um, you know, the list on and on, whatever it may be. Um, and uh, but Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is an experience. Pentecost is an experience. It is an experience that you have. With Almighty God. Then nothing or nobody else, hallelujah, uh, Brother Douglas can replicate that. Nobody, amen, can step in and say, I can give you something better. Because once you receive the true spirit of God in your life, you're going to say there's nothing like it. The world can't give you nothing that comes close. The devil can't give you nothing that comes close Hallelujah. So I praise God for that. We talked about this morning about waiting for backup. And um, that's the part of the message that we spoke about this morning. Jesus had told his disciples, I want you to go into all the world, and I want you to preach this gospel to every creature. Some people call it the Great Commission, uh, where the Lord sends out and tells people to go. He said, but before you go, I want you to wait. And we read the scripture this morning. And I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but in John 14, and, um, beginning around the 16th verse, Jesus, uh, Jesus was telling the disciples that he was going away. I, amen. And, uh, and they were sorrowful, and they were—they um, uh, didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what they were going to do. But Jesus told them, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Hallelujah. Us, and new King James says, Another helper. And I told you this morning, I want to paraphrase that and say, Amen. Jesus says, I am going to send you back up. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we are living in a day and a time that we all need help. We all need assistance. Hallelujah. Lord, God, if there's one thing that I have learned, to, Amen, in my walk with God, after all these years, I still need help. I still need reinforcements. I still need backup. And then we ended this morning by reading verse 18 of that same chapter, John 14 and 18, the last verse, where Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And as I told you this morning, if you have received the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what you actually received is the Spirit of Jesus coming into your heart, abiding with you, that he said he will never leave you nor forsake you, but go with you all the way into the end of the world. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm so thankful that I've got him with me. Hallelujah. I ain't talking about just a Sunday morning thing. I'm not talking about just a Sunday night thing. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny and as I look back over my life and, and, you know, some of the things that we all do when we're younger and uh, as we're growing and, and we're uh, learning in the Lord and uh, uh you know I started ministering real- at a real early age and uh, man uh, when I knew I had to go somewhere and preach, i mean I would pray and i would i mean i would i would sing to myself and i would you know just try to get i mean i gotta get the anointing. I've got to get to norton i 've got to get to norton built up and um <laughs> um i remember I remember one time um I was sitting in the old church at one time, brother. Hell, I had a big, long pew all across the back um, of, the, of, that pl- of that that platform, and um, Brother Charles would sit on one end and play his guitar. And um, when I had to uh, preach, I'd be up on the other end, and you know, I mean, I knew I was going to uh, be called on to preach. Produce. And I mean, I was just praying, and I was trying to get all um, you know, built up, and I I'd be sitting there, and you know, my even my leg would just be shaking like this. You know, now, I mean, I wasn't trying to be ever special, but my leg was shaking just like that, and um, trying to thinking, man, you got to get that anointing. And of course, we when we're talking about anointing, we're still talking about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It's the same difference. And that went on for a few years in my life, and when I was praying and seeking the Lord one time. I started the whole process, and I used to do it every time. God, please send your anointing. It's um, Give me your anointing. And the Lord spoke in my spirit. I'm not talking about an audible voice, but he spoke in my spirit. And if, if God ever speaks to you, whether or not you can hear an audible voice or not, you know if God's talking to you. You know if he's talking to you. And I was praying for God to get and help me be anointed, help me be anointed, get the anointing on me. The Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I anointed you when I called you to preach. I anointed you when I filled you with my spirit. And did not I say that I would never leave you? And then... I open my Bible to the scripture that tells us plain outright that the anointing that he gives stays with us. What, man, I love it when God gives you an understanding of something. I love it when you get it. Once the Lord anointed me, I never did, listen, I didn't realize it back then, but when I left the church house, I didn't leave the anointing here. When you leave the church house after service time, you don't leave the Holy Ghost here. Some people think they're like Mr. Rogers. If you ever watch Mr. Rogers, he'd go into his, to his house and if he had an outside coat on, he'd, he'd take it off and he'd, he'd get a sweater, his sweater, put on that uh, that famous sweater we got some people, they think that's what they do about the anointing of God. You leave it hanging here on a hanger. When you get right here, come back again, get in, and put it on. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God Once God gives you an anointing in your life, it stays with you 24-7. You don't leave it. You got it with you in your car. Hallelujah. You got it with you on your job. It don't leave, God don't, he don't, he said that comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, shall abide with you forever. That word abide means to stay with. Hallelujah. Glory God. That is what I love. That's the backup that we have. The reinforcements. Now, I'm going to get into to the second part. Tonight, I want to talk about disciples without a clue. What in the world could I be referring to here? Disciples without a clue. Let's talk about this for a few moments. And again, those of you that's watching online, or wherever you may be, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet, please listen to what I'm fixing to say. I'm going to give you some scripture here just in a moment, because if we can't back up what we say by the scripture, then what we say is not worth anything. So we were talking about reinforcements. So reinforcements on the day of Pentecost came just like Jesus said they would. Jesus had stayed 40 days after his resurrection, teaching them many things and providing proof of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. He was with them, and we read this earlier. He was with them for 40 days. Remember, I told you this morning, Pentecost actually is a Greek word that means 50th. And if he was with them 40 days, and then Pentecost means 50th, You don't have to be a mathematical genius to figure out that they went back to the upper room and they was here 10 days seeking God for that promise that he had promised them. After he ascended, they went back to Jerusalem, to the upper room, the same place where the 12 had eaten the last supper. And 10 days later, Pentecost came. Backup had arrived with power. Glory to God. Let me show you right now what a difference the power of the Holy Ghost made. Now, I told you about the 40 days, and Jesus showed all kind of proof, the Bible said, about his resurrection. And the Bible said there was about, at one time, about 500 people who had witnessed the risen Lord. There was about 500 of them. They had seen him. They had heard him talk. They was with him for that 40-day period. So when he was ascended up and the calls were seen out of their sight, they went back to the upper room. But guess what? It wasn't 500. It wasn't 400. It wasn't 300. It wasn't even 200. It was only 120 out of the 500 that listened to what Jesus asked them to do. Hallelujah. Stop and think about it. A church, Ronnie, with 500 members only have 120 show up for Sunday night service. Hello, somebody. Come on. 500. Witness the risen Lord. The miracles that he'd done, everything that he said. Just 120 were gathered in the upper room. I did a little figuring, and I found out that was only 24% out of the 100%. There was only 24% of the people, amen, that cared enough to go back and do what Jesus asked them to do so they could be filled with what he was talking about and so they could have that power of God in their lives. Oh, before that 24%, hallelujah. That 24%, that 120, about 120, actually the Bible says, about that 120 who obeyed God, who did what he said. They was there when that 50th day had fully arrived, the day of Pentecost had fully come. And when the sound of backup came, it was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible said that wind wasn't just blowing on the outside, but it entered the house where they all were sitting. And I want you to look at the picture up there. I don't, we don't know exactly what it says, but the Bible said literally, tongues of fire was ignited and set over each one of them's head. You could actually see flames burning over each one of those people who were obedient to God. Let me tell you something, folks. That's what makes me want to do what God tells me to do. That's what makes me want to be obedient to God because I want to experience 100% of what God has for me. God is no respecter person. So the only way that you can't receive what God has for you is that you don't listen to his word. So, the Spirit of God fell. The backup arrived. And as I told you this morning, that same day, that 120 added what? 3,000 souls of converts to their meager group Of 120. So there they are. They received that backup. They received the reinforcements. The church was born. It became a living, active force. Now a few years had passed. We want to speed forward just a little bit. We want to speed forward uh, just a few years. Um, maybe 15, between 15 and 20 years, something like that. I don't know exactly for sure. But a few years had passed, and the church was spreading well beyond Israel. A new apostle had come on the scene who had been shaking things up, to say the least. And the, this apostle was called Paul, the Apostle Paul he showed up in the city of Ephesus. He was carrying the gospel around the world as Jesus had told them to do. And he came to a place called Ephesus. And there in Ephesus, he found some disciples. Some disciples. These disciples was not at Pentecost. They weren't related to the church in any way. These disciples had had no contact with the church. (coughs) The Apostle Paul was the first time they had contact with anybody from the church. You see, these disciples were disciples of John the Baptist. And they had left Israel after John's death when John had his head cut cut off, and they were carrying the the message of John all over, but they were disciples without a clue. I told you this morning that I don't want to shame nobody, and I don't want to belittle nobody who don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I told you this morning, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you never talking in tongues or shouted or <clears throat> felt the power of God one time, I want you to know God still loves you as much as he loves the rest of us. You've repented of your sins. You've given your heart to God. Amen. God, God, God loves you, and I, And my purpose, my aim is not to shame nobody. Here was this group of men. They were traveling. And they were preaching. But they had had an experience with John the Baptist. That's all they knew. They was doing all that they knew to do. Hallelujah. I want to stop and tell you right now. God does not hold you responsible for what you don't know, but He will hold you responsible for what you do know. The Bible says, "Unto whom much is given, much is required." I never will forget. I worked with a man several years, and um, uh, the job I had, he was uh, he was working helping. Uh, manufacture parts for hot water heaters. And and um, I was constantly walking around because I was having to expect everything. I was a quality control expect, uh, inspector at the time. And um, just about every time I would come around, he would ask me some kind of question about the Bible. And this went on for a long time. And uh, uh, he... Uh, Time and time again, he'd scratch his head. He said, Preacher, said, are you sure that's right? I said, Yeah. And um, I said, I can give you chapter and verse. That's right. He said, I can't figure it out. He said, Our preacher don't never say nothing like that. I ain't never heard my preacher say nothing like that. And so, anytime he had a question, he would always ask and come to me and want to know. And, um, I remember one time we came, we, we came across that, and I think I may have had a small New Testament or Bible with me or whatever, and I was reading scriptures. And we came across a scripture where Jesus was talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he told him, He said, If I had never come to you and spoke to you, you would have had no sin. But now, since I've come, And you've heard my word, you don't have a cloak for your sin. The Bible says in another place, he that knoweth to do good and does it not, to him it's a sin. You know what happened to my good friend who was always wanting me to answer questions? I think it was the next day, and I stopped by. Um, I said, hello. He said, hello. He said, just go on, preacher man. I said, why is that? He said, but what you told me yesterday, I don't want you telling me nothing else about the Bible because you've already told me enough that's going to condemn my soul to hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he, as I started to walk off, he stopped me. He said, are you serious, preacher? I'm going to be held accountable for what you, what you have told me. I said, everything I've told you that I've showed you is in the Bible. You're accountable for it. Hallelujah. And it's not just because I'm a preacher, but if you witness to somebody and you tell something about the Lord, you, you need to understand the position that you're in. You could be the very voice that would bring judgment upon somebody if they hear what you say and you tell them truth and they don't obey it. Hallelujah. Because it's the word of God that's going to judge us all one day. Not my word. Not my word, but the word of God. Hallelujah! So, these disciples was doing all they knew to do, Hallelujah. and they ran. And Paul ran across them. Amen. And uh, these, so that's why I say these disciples were disciples without a clue. They were disciples. They were followers, but they were disciples without a clue. Now let's finish up by going. Acts chapter nineteen, and we're going to read down through the seventh verse. And it happened while Apollos, and I told you this morning, he was another. He was another minister. Uh, that there was a there was a husband and wife team, Aquila and Priscilla, ran across him. They found Tim. The Bible said he was mighty in the scriptures. He was, man, he was, uh, he, I don't know, what, the way he talked about him being my, I kind of think maybe he might have been like Johnny James, for the Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he only knew the baptism of John. That's all he knew. And Aquila and Priscilla carried him aside, the Bible says, and expounded the word more perfectly to him. And you know what? He took the rest of that, arm um, I'm going to tell you, he was a powerhouse. He was a powerhouse for God. So Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper coast or upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The original King James says, Since you believed, when you believe. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now think about that. Was not it John the Baptist? Wasn't he the one saying there's somebody coming after me? Whose shoelaces I'm not worthy of the stooping bear? I'm going to baptize you with the with I baptize you with water, but he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. So they were still waiting for that. They didn't they said we ain't even heard that that's happened yet. We are all we know is John talked some about that, but we don't know if it's ever come or not. And he said to them, Under what then were you baptized? So they said under John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now, did they get upset? Did it get mad and run off? Did they say, Paul, you're a false prophet, and we're leaving you? No. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized Now, these men had already been baptized once. Apostle Paul was a busy man. I mean, everything he did was important. And I challenge anybody who would try to tell me that the way somebody is baptized don't matter. Why did not Paul just go ahead and lay hands on them and pray for them to get the Holy Ghost? But he didn't. The first thing he did, he rebaptized them, but this time he baptized them. Hallelujah. Listen what it says in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when Paul had laid hands on them, that's after he baptized them in Jesus' name now. Hallelujah. When he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And the men, hallelujah, were about 12. Those 12 men who were disciples without a clue got an introduction with who Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And I submit to you that they continue to travel, but their message changed. They told Peter. They told the people from that day on that John said a man was going to come that's going to baptize her with the Holy Ghost. And I was there saying, now it has happened because we have received it. Oh, Lord. Give the Lord a hand, Father. So tonight, in closing, I want to challenge you and let you know you do not know what you have been missing if you've never received the Holy Ghost in your life. Hallelujah. Folks, it changed my life. And I'll say this. If you get the Holy Ghost, It'll rock your world. Hallelujah. I said if you get the Holy Ghost, it will rock your world. Because you've got literally the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Abiding in you. And He won't leave you, but He will always be there. If you got a need, if you have something urgent at two o'clock in the morning. Hallelujah, all you got to do is say Jesus that name Jesus can move mountains. Hallelujah that name Jesus can do anything that you need hallelujah so tonight ask the Lord pray you don't you don't you don't have to be in um you don't have to be in church. When uh, when Jessica started coming, and after we baptized her, she came 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 back down to the altar, and she was praying. And I walked down and prayed with her, and I could hear uh, speaking in tongues. And so I, you know, I told her about it. So well, man, Jessica got the Holy Ghost. But she told me after church that she had actually got the Holy Ghost after she was baptized when she went back home praying. The Lord filled her with the Spirit. Hallelujah. And all he did that night when she came to the altar that night, it was confirmed for her. hallelujah, so if you don't have that spirit, if you've repented of your sins, you 've asked the Lord into your heart, hallelujah. all you got to do is ask him all you got to do is ask him ask him in faith, just like the same way you're asking for forgiveness for your sins, and don't try don't try to bottle Jesus up. In a bottle, to uh, that's that's one thing hinders a lot of people. A lot of people they get they come to God with preconceived ideas, they think the Holy Ghost has got to come this way or that way. The Holy Ghost will come just any way He wants to come, just let Him come, just let Him come, Amen. And He will, He will direct you, and He will, He will be a part of your life. From now on, let's all stand together. the Spirit of the Lord is definitely here tonight Your kindness leads me to repentance Your goodness draws me to Your side Your mercy Cause me to be like you Your faith